Hey, welcome back to Weird as Fuck, the podcast about weird things. As always, I'm your host, Ash, and we're being monitored by Agent Dave. Say hi, Agent Dave. I like going to the movies alone. Um, It's probably one of my favorite things to do. I can sit wherever I want, and I don't have to talk to anyone. I don't have to share snacks or my drink um, or my armrest. It's pretty much the best. This week, I finally got around to seeing The Curse of La Llorona. Um, and... Look, this isn't a movie podcast, so I will... I don't have to go into my feelings about it. Um, but I did think that she would be a great topic for the week. I'm Korean and Mexican, and due to some classic Catholic assimilation um, a generation or two ago, I unfortunately did not get to grow up with a lot of Mexican culture um, in my house. So I wasn't threatened with uh, La Llorona the way some of my friends were, but she was on my radar thanks to them. La Llorona, or the weeping woman, is a spirit said to bring misfortune to anyone who hears her crying while she searches for her children that she drowned. So the specifics can vary from family to family um, and culture to culture, since La Llorona isn't exclusive to any one Latinx community. I read that um, like Guatemala has a version where she has a horse head and terrorizes unfaithful men. The version that I personally am most familiar with is that La Llorona was once a sickening bitch named Maria um, from a poor-ass village, and... One day, a handsome, wealthy man rode into town and was like, yo, you're beautiful, I'm beautiful, let's fall in love and do this. Her family is thrilled that she's marrying up. Um, You can guess how his family felt about it. Despite the disapproval from his classist-ass parents, uh, they get married and they end up having two kids. As the years go by, um, the wealthy man starts spending more time away from home, supposedly on business, and would only pay attention to his sons when he came back. One day, he comes home um, with a younger, more beautiful woman and told his kids, see ya, daddy's upgrading, and like didn't say shit to Maria. So he's got her fucked up, and she takes her kids to the river, and she drowns them. Upon realizing that she's killed her kids, um... In a fit of rage, she, like, dies of a broken heart, essentially. The bouncer at Heaven's Gate was like, listen, you can't come in until you find your kids, essentially dooming Maria to wander between the land of the living and the dead until she finds them. She's always heard weeping for her children, hence being called La Llorona. La Llorona will take wandering kids who are out at night, um, thinking that they're her children, Then she drowns them while begging heaven for forgiveness, and I don't really see how that's supposed to work for you, but I guess, you know, grief makes you do fucked up shit sometimes. Uh, Anyway, many Latin American parents um, will definitely use her as, like, the boogeyman don't stay out past curfew or la llorona will get you or like stop misbehaving 
Or La Llorona is going to come and drag your ass to the river and drown you, bitch. I had one Salvadorian friend in high school who was, like, legit terrified of her. I think her brother may have had an encounter and, like, heard her crying or something when he was younger. La Llorona is said to appear at night or in the evening by bodies of water dressed in white with a veil, searching for her children and wailing. If you hear La Llorona weeping, bitch, you better run in the opposite direction. If she sounds close by, she's actually far away. And if she sounds far away, she's actually right behind you. She's been known not only to steal children, but depending on who's telling the story, she will also try to seduce men. And if she's successful, will then terrorize them for being unfaithful assholes. In some ways, she's a real one. There are some people who believe that even hearing her at all, like, will bring misfortune and or death, similar to the Gaelic Banshee. Weeping lady phantoms can be found in both European and indigenous American folklore. The Chumash of SoCal have their own variation of La Llorona, um, called the Moxala or the Mamismis. They appear as cats with, like, leathery skin. Just picture those bald-ass sphinx cats. They sit up in trees and cry like infants. And hearing one is like an omen of death. And it's interesting to me that they cry like infants because there have been studies that are like cats. Like cats don't communicate verbally or vocally, I should say, like with each other usually. They only like communicate vocally with humans. And I was reading that there was like the study done where the meows that cats make are like designed to emulate how they think human babies sound so that we're more likely to pay attention to them. Because they're mimicking our young, which is, like, incredibly manipulative and, like, sociopathic. Interesting, nonetheless. Scholars have found similarities between La Llorona and the Aztec goddess Siwacoatl. Siwacoatl was a motherhood and fertility goddess who abandoned her son, Mishcoatl, um, god of the hunt and the Milky Way, at a crossroads. She said that she returned there often, weeping and searching for her son, but only finding a sacrificial flint knife. La Llorona has also been used in conjunction with La Malinche. La Malinche was an enslaved Nahua woman who was given to Hernán Cortés along with 19 other enslaved women. She acted as an interpreter, advisor, and intermediary between the Spanish conquistadors and the Aztecs. She gave birth to Cortés's first son, Martín, who was considered to be one of the first mestizos people. Supposedly, Cortés abandoned La Malinche and their son, Martín, in favor of his like white Spanish wife. The death of La Llorona's children and her grief is symbolized here as like the subjugation of indigenous people under Spanish colonialism. There's a lot of controversial opinions about um, La Malinche. Some people view her as a traitor who helped facilitate the downfall of the Aztecs and some see her as a symbolic mother of Mexico. I mean, I think it's easy to demonize and glorify a dead woman when she isn't around to defend herself. I personally doubt that her sexual relationship with Cortez was consensual since she was given to him as a slave it just sounds like she was a victim who had to make difficult decisions i don't know it's complicated but it's also interesting to me because there were apparently several prophecies associated with the end of the reign of montezuma ii who was the ninth ruler of tenochtitlan um, during the first contact between conquistadors and the indigenous people the prophecies also predicted the end of the empire um, the first omen occurred, I think, like 10 years before Spanish conquest when a flame appeared at night and it like freaked people out. 
Then a temple caught fire and couldn't be put out with water. And then the third omen was lightning striking a different temple with no thunder following it. Then a large fire that split into three fires and caused like mass panic. Um, And the lakes boiled and flooded homes. The sixth and final omen was a weeping woman heard in the night. A priest by the name of Bernardino de Sahagun. You know what? I can't say that. It's like S-A-H-A-G-U-N. Sahagun. I don't. I'm fucking it up. I'm fucking it up real bad. Anyway, um, Bernardino uh, recorded these stories from indigenous people during the conquest. Um, he wrote, It was heard many times, a woman crying, wailing through the night, shouting loudly, My children, we must leave far away. And sometimes she would say, My children, where should I take you? Another translation of the sixth omen goes like this. The sixth omen was that in those days they heard voices in the air like a woman who was crying, who would say, oh, my children, we are becoming lost. Other times she would say, oh, my children, where will I take you? And this imagery can be connected back to Siakawatl, who, like I mentioned, wandered crossroads searching for her son. Father Bernardino also mentioned a story of a mysterious woman who would carry a crib to the market and she would leave it there. Then nearby women would approach the crib and when they would look inside, they would find a sacrificial flint knife instead of a baby. I mean, isn't that weird, though? Like, a weeping woman was an omen for the fall of the Aztecs, and this, like, motherhood goddess who had to abandon her son was also a weeping woman. And then you had, like, La Malinche, you know, and her, like, symbolic, like, the symbolic loss of children. I don't know, man. Like, when folklore and history intersect like that, it's just so fucking fascinating. While La Llorona is usually used as a boogeyman to, like, keep kids in line, I've also seen interpretations where she's viewed as a cautionary tale for young women. Like, don't get caught up with a guy just because he's hot and has money. Also, you know, classism is shitty. Also, fuck colonialism. Yeah, I think that's it. That's the episode. If you like Weird as Fuck, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell, you know, if you see La Llorona out and about, be like, hey, girl, I know that, like, you're looking for your kids. But, you know, while you're looking for your kids, you know what you could do? You could listen to this podcast while you're looking for them. You know, you could do that multitasking thing that people keep doing. You know, anyway, good luck. Hope you find your kids. It's just going to be weird space AF, you know, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow Weird as Fuck on Twitter and Instagram at Weird AF Podcast. If you have any topics you want me to discuss or like if there's any weird experience you'd be comfortable with me reading on the show, um, you can email me at askweirdaf at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and I'll be back next week. Say hasta luego, Agent Dave. <laughs>